This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Amen. How's everybody doing? Happy, happy Resurrection Sunday to everybody. It's the day that we, amen, the day we celebrate the fact that Jesus is risen. He is risen. He's not dead anymore. He's alive. And you know, there's no other religion that claims that their God is st- rose from the dead. No other religion. So he's, he's risen from the dead, and because he lives, we can also live. And welcome to the fifth and final part of our series. We're calling it, I Am Jesus in His Own Words. And I'm really excited about this morning, and, and it's, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer which I Am statement you get to. On, on Easter Sunday. And so uh, if, if you're taking notes, I'm going to just ask you to take out your notes and follow along. And, and I want you to help me with this. In John chapter 11, verse 25, well, y'all help me. What did Jesus say? He said what? I am what? The resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. And he goes on to say, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall also live. Amen. So Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to get into the Word. Father, we thank you so much that that Jesus is alive. We thank you that your Word is alive, and it's powerful. And we thank you that your Word penetrates our hearts this morning. Lord, I pray that we leave this place, our faith encouraged, our faith built up, changes taking place in our life, and most of all, that Jesus would be glorified through our words and our works and our decisions this morning. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So Jesus said, I am the the, the resurrection and the life. You know, uh, I was asking the Lord, you know, over the last week, I said, I need a, I need a good illustration, you know, just to kind of kick this off. And, and so nothing came to me, so I was just going to make something up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I need a good illustration. So I was bringing Tammy, driving Tammy to church this morning, and we were, we were heading down Big Creek Road, and you know what I almost did? I almost ran over the Easter Bunny. I mean, a, not a squirrel. Not a deer, not a raccoon, a bunny on Easter Sunday morning. I almost, and and I, I hit my brakes, and, and I'm not talking about any bunny. This was the Easter bunny. I mean, he pastel colors. No, I'm just kidding. Not, that part I'm making up, but I'm not making up the fact that I almost ran over the Easter bunny. I almost hit the Easter bunny. And uh, that had been horrible. Especially on, on Easter Sunday. I don't know why we associate rabbits and, and Easter, but anyway, you get it. It'd be horrible, or it would have made for a great illustration because I could have gotten out of the car and I could have laid hands on that bunny <laughs> and brought that bunny back to life and it made a great illustration. Of course, that didn't happen, so we have to imagine that it did, right? We have to imagine that it did happen, that, that Pastor Chuck raised the... Easter bunny from the dead. And so that's just imaginary, but you know, there's, there's another story in the Bible that we don't have to imagine. We don't have to imagine because it's, it's, it's fact. It's fact. It's, it's irreputable. It's indisputable. It's fact that, that there was a resurrection. 
And so Jesus said in, in John chapter 11, 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he made this statement in the context of someone else who was resurrected. Now, if you don't know what a resurrection is, resurrection means that something was dead and it came back to life. It's not dead anymore. And so he made this statement in the context of another resurrection, another story about someone who was raised from the dead, and that person's name was Lazarus. Lazarus. You can call him Laz, but his name was Lazarus. So, and I want you to notice this. In John chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha, it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, him who you love is sick. Now, think about this. This is, this is some bad news in the middle of a good life. I mean, things are going well, and Lazarus is going well, Mary's going well, Martha's going well, Jesus is going well, and then here comes the news that Lazarus is sick. And we know that this is it's not, just a, it's not just a head cold, it's not, just, it's not just a little something going on, but we know that he was deathly sick, and if you know the rest of the story, you figure it out, he died. He died. And so, uh, so this is, this is some, some bad news in the middle of a good life. And maybe you've experienced this indirectly or directly, that you, maybe you've got a diagnosis of some bad news. Maybe, maybe this, it's the state of your marriage. Maybe it's the state of your health. I know a few years ago that in just a matter of a few months, my mom, my dad, and my father-in-law were all diagnosed with cancer. I mean, right in the middle of a good life. And, and you know, and that all of a sudden, that just kind of sets you back a little bit. It just kind of sets you back. It kind of stuns you a little bit. So it's some, you know, it's, it's bad news in the middle of a good life. And I think we've all experienced that before, that, man, things are going well, and then we're, all of a sudden we're blindsided with some bad news. Maybe you or a loved one has, has received that, that bad news. Either directly or indirectly, you've, re, you've gotten that bad news. And how many of you just kind of sets you back just a, just a little bit? It just kind of stuns you for a minute. And uh, I want you to notice, maybe, maybe it's a job loss. Maybe you've got news that you, you know your job's running out. Or Maybe you, you're getting a call from the principal's office and not to say that your child made the honor roll. It's, you know, there's some, there's some problems. Some bad news. Maybe the, the dream marriage all of a sudden is not so dreamy anymore. Bad news in the middle of a good life. But I want you to notice what Jesus said because, you know, they, she said... She's, they, they, they sent for Jesus, you know, your, your friend, the one you love, is sick. Bad sick, or else they wouldn't sent for him. And Jesus made this statement in John chapter 11, verse 4. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Now, the sickness wasn't bringing glory to God. You understand that, don't you? The results are what brought glory to God. 
This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it, not because of it, through it. So at this point, everyone believes that Jesus is coming. They sent for Jesus. Jesus loves Lazarus. So at, at this point, everyone believes that Jesus is going to come, and he's going to help, and he's going to do something. But he waits for two days. I mean, here he is. He just, he just, he just stalls. He just sits down on it. He just waits where he is for two days. Is that right? And then after two days, he said this, and I'm just summarizing verses 5 through 14. And after two days, he said, hey, he told his disciples, let's go back to Judea. And the disciples said, we can't go back to Judea. They just tried to stone you in Judea. They just tried to kill you in Judea. He said, no, we're going to go back to Judea. And because that's where, that's where you know, Lazarus is. And so I, I want to finish out this story. It's a great story. I encourage you to read it. But there's three characters in this story, Thomas, Mary, and Martha. And Thomas, Mary, and Martha, all three of them are dying on the inside. They're dying on the inside. And I want, I want us to, because I believe this is just relates to you and I, that maybe you're in here and you can identify with one of these characters, and, and maybe you're dying on the inside like one of them were dying on the inside. And so I want you to notice this. Number one, if you're taking notes, Thomas was dead in his doubts. Of course, Thomas was dead in his doubts. I mean, he's referred through, throughout the Gospels as what? I mean, you've heard it. What? Who is he? Doubting Thomas. And on this occasion, not only is he doubting Thomas, he is sarcastic doubting Thomas. I mean, not, not, he's not just doubting. He's being sarcastic about his doubts. Notice what it says in, in John chapter 11, verse 6. It says, then Thomas, this is, you know, when, when, when Jesus said, let's go back to Judea, and they said, no, they, they, they stoned you there. And, and Thomas said in verse 16, he says, Then Thomas, who is called in the King James, says Didymus. Now, now Didymus is a funny name. It sounds like a bad rap name. <laughs> Didymus, and it just simply means the, uh, the twin. So Thomas, the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. I mean, this, this is... Thomas is dead in his doubts. And I think at one time or another, you and I, we've all experienced some, some thoughts of doubt. I mean, we get blindsided by some bad news, and, and man, we get these thoughts of doubt that are swirling around in our head. And, you know, thoughts of, I got diagnosed with this, I'm going to die. I got diagnosed with this, you know, it's going to be tough. You know, the, my marriage is, is, is on the rocks. I mean, it's, it's hanging by the last thread. And, and so we got these doubts swirling in our mind. Anybody ever have any trouble with doubts? Let me see your hands. You ever had thoughts of doubt? Now, for those that didn't raise your hand, we'll just sit here and revel in this as you polish your halo. But for, the, for most of us, we have thoughts of doubts at times. When we receive some bad news, there's thoughts of doubts that come into our mind, and those things are real. Is that right? Maybe a prayer was not answered. 
Maybe you didn't receive your healing. Maybe you did not receive an answer to your prayer. Are you listening to me? And, and because of that, there, there's thoughts of doubt. Or if you're a student, maybe you went, to, went off to college and got into some liberal professor's Bible class, and they tried to explain away the miracles, and then you begin to wonder and doubt if God is even real. Thoughts of doubts. Or maybe you're like Mary. Maybe you're like Mary. You're not, you're not necessarily dead in your doubts, but Mary was dead in her discouragement. Has anyone ever faced discouragement before? You've ever been discouraged? So she, she was dead in her discouragement. I mean, you, you don't really see, you don't see anything changing. They told you this treatment will probably work, but you don't see the treatment working. You're dead in your discouragement. You're discouraged. You're depressed because of what you're seeing. And with Mary, in, in, in verse 20, it says this. It says, now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, now get this, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went out and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Mary stayed in the house. Why go out of the house? Why go meet Jesus? Why get up and do anything? There's nothing that I can do about it. So she's, she stayed in the house. She's discouraged. Why go out there and meet him? It's too late. It's too late. So Mary was dead in her discouragement. Maybe you're there. You can't change anything. I can't change anything. I can't change him. I can't change her. I can't change this situation. I've got myself in a mess. I don't have the means to get out of the mess. I can't change this. So discouraged and depressed. Everybody say discouraged and depressed. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you're discouraged about a circumstance in your life. There's nothing that you can do. And it's got you discouraged. It's got you just depressed. So some are dead in their doubts. Some are dead in their discouragement. But Martha was dead in the delay. This is big. She was dead in the delay. It says in, in verse, you know, you, you remember Jesus, when he got news that Lazarus was sick, what did he do? He waited for two days before he even started making the journey. And uh, by the time Jesus arrived on the scene, verse 17, it had been four days. I mean, Lazarus, so evidently he got news, the day that he got the news that Lazarus was sick, Lazarus died. The very day. No use him coming if he already knows he's going to die, right? And uh, so verse 21 said, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but you delayed. And so she was dead in the delay. And some of you in here and some of us at times, we've, maybe we've, we've got, we're dead in the delay. We, we haven't received the answer to prayer. 
we, we haven't received the healing. We haven't, we haven't received, and it just seems like, man, we, we, we thought we'd been believing for years, and, and we've been looking for a turnaround, man. We've been wanting our marriage to change for years, and our health to change for years, and our finances to change for years, and we thought for sure by now God would have come through, but he hadn't come through. And Jesus, if you had been here, if you had been here, she was dead in the delay. Jesus took too long. God, why are you taking so long? Why are you taking so long to answer my prayer? Why are you taking so long to heal me? Why are you taking so long to supply my need? Why are you taking so long? If you were just here, I'd be out of this mess. Something very interesting about this story, especially in my Bible, in my Bible, this story is on pages 742 and 743 in my Bible. If you've got a Bible like mine, yours is the same. 742, 743, you see the story of the resurrection of Lazarus. Very interesting. All the bad news is on page 742. All the, I mean, Lazarus dies. Thomas freaks out. Martha, she's, she, she's doing what she's doing. Mary's doing what she's doing. So all the bad news is on page 742. But when I turn the page or look at the next page, it says this. Y'all want to know what it says? It says this in, in, in verse 21. Next page. Everybody say next page. It says that Martha said to Jesus. Well, no, I'm sorry. I'm not. Verse 22. 743, page 743 begins like this. But even now, Amen. 742, Lazarus dies. Thomas freaks out. Mary's depressed. Martha's discouraged. 743. But even now, and some of you in here this morning, you need an even now moment with God. But even now, even now what? Even after he's been dead for four days. Hey, you can't get any more worse than dead. <laughs> Are you listening to me? You can't get better than dead. Yeah, but it's stage four. Dead's worse. Dead is further gone than stage four. Are you li and, and so Martha said, hey, even now, even though you weren't here, even though it hadn't happened yet, even though I was dead in my delay, even though I was dead in my doubts, even though I was dead in the discouragement, even now, everybody say even now. Yeah. Some of you might need an even now moment today. And in, in, in order to get to the even now moment, you got to turn the page. In order to get to the even now moment, you got to look to the other page because all the bad news is on 742. Yeah, we, we're not denying that there's some problem, man. There's, there's, there's some thoughts of doubt. There's some discouragement. There's some delay. But you got to turn the page. Because even in all that, even 
now. What did she say? Even now, I know. I, I'm, not, I'm not guessing so. I'm not thinking so. Even now, even though he's been dead for four days, even though he stinketh, even though his body stinketh, even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. <laughs> you say, yeah, but that's Jesus. Everybody say, even now. You might need an even now moment with your marriage. You might need an even now moment with your health. He said, yeah, but they've tried everything. I've gone to the doctor. They said there's nothing else they can do. I've done everything. I've tried everything. I've tried to, I've tried to talk to my spouse. I've, tr- I've worked on my spouse. I've done all. You just need an even now moment with Jesus. Even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. He will give it to you. And <laughs> Jesus said, your brother will, he's going to rise, he'll, he'll, he'll rise again. And, and, and she said, I, I, Martha said, I know that he's going to rise again in the resurrection. He said, Martha, you need to understand something. I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. I am the life. The resurrection is not an event. The resurrection and the life is a person. He said, you don't understand, Mary. Yeah, I know he's going to rise in that resurrection. He said, no, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And then notice what Jesus said in verse 26. He says, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Does our believing have to do with anything with the results that we get? Absolutely. Do you, what if she would have said, no, I don't believe that. <laughs> I mean, it must have had some bearing or Jesus wouldn't have said, do you believe it? Do you believe this? And so her believing made a difference. Her believing made a difference, and so then Jesus told her, he said, hey, roll away, they told, told her, roll away that stone. Some of you just need to roll the stone away. Yeah, everything's been dead for a long time. You've been dead in your doubts for a long time. You've been dead in your discouragement for a long time. You've been dead in the delay for a long time, and I mean, it stinketh. Life stinks. But it's time to roll away the stone. Why? Because there's someone greater. There's someone greater than your situation. There's someone more powerful than your problem. And he's he's standing at the entrance of that cave. And all you have to do is roll the stone away. All you have to do is turn the page. And so Jesus stood at the entrance of that, that cave. And he shouted, Lazarus! So, I don't, so why, why do you have to shout? Well, I guess because dead people are hard of hearing. I mean, that's all. I mean, he, he shouted, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says that he that was dead came forth. And Jesus told his disciples, loose him, let him go. Loose him and let him go. So he that had been dead for four days came back to life. 
I don't know how long you've been dead in your doubts, but you can come back to life today. I don't know how long you've been dead in your discouragement, but you can come back to life. I don't know how, you've been, how long you've been dead in the delay. I don't know how long that it's taken. I don't know how long you've been looking for it and wishing for it and hoping for it and whatever for it, but I tell you what, today, today, even now, after all this time, even now, after all the struggle, even now, after all the doubts, even now, I know that whatever you ask the Father, they, Martha said, he'll give it to you. Now, let me talk to you about believing because believing is a, is a big part of this. Believing, your believing is a big part of this. And so let me just give you just some, a few things real quick, and then we're going to move on with the service. You need to understand this, that seeing is not believing. Well, I just don't see anything happen. I don't, I don't see any change. I don't see. Seeing is not believing. Feeling is not believing. Matter of fact, in John chapter 20, verses 24 and 25, it says, Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came, and this is after his resurrection. And the other disciples therefore said to him, We've seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hand the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. In other words, if I don't see it, if I don't feel it, I'm not going to believe it. And then just down a couple of verses, in verse 27, Jesus walked into the room and he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving, but believing. Don't be unbelieving. Be believing. Right? And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. I mean, it is you. (laughs) And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. So seeing is not believing. Feeling is not believing. What is believing? What is believing? Believing God will do something even now. Everybody say, even now. Believing that God will do something, not he can do something. Believing that God will do something even now is believing. That's faith. That's what moves God. That's what pleases God. Believing that Even now, God will do something, is faith, is believing. Hebrews 11.1 says this, faith is the substance, now faith is the substance, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not seen. Now faith is, Even, even now, even now, I know that you can do something. Everybody say, even now. Even now. And so, he said, yeah, but that's Jesus. Okay, well, there's a verse in, in John chapter, 
I mean, in Matthew 21, 22, Jesus said, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. You see, it's not just what can Jesus ask for. It's what do we ask for. You don't have because you don't ask. And so this is what I'm about to do. And you got, you see, you, you got, you got to turn the page. You got to go from 742 to 743. You got to get, you got to walk out of the, 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 off the page with the bad news and you got to step into the page with the good news. All right. You, you got to roll the stone away and get your eyes off the stone and realize that, that the stones rolled away and the one that can do something about it is standing at the entrance of the cave, standing at the entrance of the tomb. And what Jesus said, Jesus said this. I didn't say this. Jesus said this. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Well, I sure hope so. Not not about you hoping so, it's about you knowing so. Even now, I know. I know. I know. Not I hope so, not I wish so, not I think so. I know. And so I know there's needs in here. I know there's people going through things. It's with your health. It's with your marriage. It's with your relationships. It's with your money. It's with, it could be, it could be with your, your, it could be mental. It could be emotional. It could be physical. It could be any number of things. But I'm about to pray. And I know this, God's going to do miracles. There, there's going to, something's going to begin right now. You're going to go from 742 to 743. All right? And so, but you got to be bold. So if you're in, you say, Pastor Chuck, I, I got a need. And we don't have to know what all the needs are. God already knows what all the needs are. But you say, I, I, I need an even now moment. I, I've been dead in my doubts. I've been dead in my discouragement. I've been dead in the delay. And I need an even now moment. I want you to raise your hand here. You say, I, I need an even now moment. Okay, awesome, awesome. You say, that's nothing to be ashamed of. You're about to get a miracle. You're about to get a miracle because Jesus said, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. So let me pray for you, all right? Just agree with this prayer. Just, I mean, just, just, just realize. Just realize we're just acting on the word right now. We're acting on the word right now. In simple faith, we're acting on the word of God. In simple belief, we're acting on the word of God. Amen. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we've declared your word. We've declared your truth. And Father, we know that that Jesus is risen. We know that he is the answer. We know that you're a God who hears and answers our prayers. And so, Father, you know every single need in this room. You saw every hand go up. You know what every hand meant. You know the struggles in the marriages. You know the struggles in the relationships. You know the struggles physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. You know, Father. And we believe that you're a God who supplies every need in every realm of our life. And we know that no matter how far things have gone, no matter how dead things seem, even now, even now, you're the God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And so, Father, we ask you that you would begin to move, that you would begin to do miracles in this place, miracles in bodies, miracles in marriages, miracles in families, right now in Jesus' name.
We thank you for it. We thank you for it. Oh, we thank you. Y'all just lift your hands and just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Tell him just thank you because he's doing it. He's doing it right now. Oh, Father, for that heart and for that broken heart, I thank you that you're bringing restoration. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. You know, one time I heard somebody say, well, we got this situation. We really need to pray hard. You squint your eyes and got to pray hard. Now, we don't need to pray hard. We need to pray in faith, believing. You're not doing it. Right? We're not doing the work. If we could have done the work, you wouldn't have been in the delay or in the discouragement. Right? He's good to us. Hey, one more, one more way that we can be dying on the inside. This is not in your notes. Look, I don't, just nobody get up right now. It's not mess with your binders right now. Just for a minute, just stay real still. There, there's one more way that you and I can be dead on the inside. In Ephesians, the second chapter, Paul talks about those who were dead in their trespasses and their sins. And what it means to be dead in your trespasses and sins, to be dead in your trespasses and sins, just simply means that you are, you're separated from God. You're separated from God. You don't have a relationship with God. That, that something has separated you from God and his goodness and his life. And the word says that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of God's glory. And the wages or the penalty for that sin is death. Death meaning separation from God, separation from the life of God, separation from the goodness of God. So we've all experienced that. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. But the gift of God, Jesus, is eternal life. And if you repent, that means you change your direction. If you repent and you believe the good news, that Jesus died for your sins, that he rose again to make you righteous before God and right before God. If you'll do that, you'll be saved, the Bible says. And so I think that's very important, and I think it's very appropriate on this resurrection Sunday morning. You see, it's one thing to raise a dead body back to life. It's a whole nother level to raise someone who's spiritually dead in their sins and give new life on the inside. And only then do you really begin to live. There's a lot of folks there, the walking dead. They're walking around, but they're dead on the inside. And God wants to give you life. He wants to give you life. And so I want to pray for you one more time. Okay, and then we're going, we're going to do something. one more thing, okay? So just bow your heads. And you, and you might be in here and you say, Pastor Chuck, just listen real closely. 
I think I'm okay with God, but I, I'm not sure. I mean, I've, I've attended church, and, and that's great. But you know what? That attending church doesn't get you to heaven. Attending church doesn't make you right with God. You say, well, Pastor Chuck, I, I believe in God. Am, am I okay with God? Am I right with God? Because I, I sure believe in him. I don't, I don't deny his existence. I, I believe in him. And, and that's great, but just believing in God's not going to make you right with God. The demons believe, but they're not right with God. Doing good works, having, you know, doing most of your... You'd say, I think I, I do more good than I do bad, and that's great. I'm all for it. God's all for that. But just doing enough good works doesn't make you right with God. The way you get right with God is through faith alone in Christ alone, what he did for you. And so if you're in here and, and the Holy Spirit is knocking on the door of your heart. He's dealing with your heart. You can feel that tug on the inside of you that you need to get right with God, that you're, you need to get your life right with God. We're going to pray for you in just a minute. But just open your heart. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you that you're moving right now in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for dealing with us. Thank you for dealing with us. And moving us along in your perfect plan for our life. Father, I pray for those who are in here who are making a decision right now to put their faith and their trust in Jesus. I thank you that something miraculous is happening on the inside of them now. I thank you that they are being translated from death to life. They're coming out of darkness and they're coming into your light. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it. Amen. Look, I want everybody to do something for me. I want you to take out this connection card that you received, and I'm going to ask just everybody to do this. And uh, you should already have your name on there. It's a good time to put a change of address if you need to update your contact information. Good time to leave a prayer request if you have a prayer request. But on the back of that card, you see four boxes, A, B, C, and D. And we do this every Easter, and we just ask everybody to do this. A, B, C, and D. And you can only check one box, so don't, don't check them all. And you shouldn't have any check because you don't even know what they mean yet. They're sitting, they're sitting grades about how well you listen to the message, okay? And so I'm going to explain these boxes and what they mean. And you, you choose the appropriate box, okay? So A is this. A is, Pastor Chuck, I'm already, you get it, A, already? I am already a passionate follower of Jesus. I am saved. I know that I'm saved. I know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. I am already saved. So if that's you, check A, okay? Check B if you say, you know what, Pastor Chuck? As you were talking, I could feel the Holy Spirit just tugging at my heart, knocking on the door of my heart. And so today, I am beginning a relationship with Jesus. I am beginning a relationship with Jesus today. He's been knocking on the door of my heart. And when you prayed that prayer, I just, I'm just opening my heart to him to save me. I, I'm beginning a relationship with Christ today. So if that's you, just check B right there. Just check B. 
or if you're in here and, and you say, well, I'm, I'm not already a Christian, and I'm not becoming a Christian today, but see, I would like to consider this a little more. I, I'd like to consider this. I need a little more information about this, about, about, about Jesus and being saved. So you mark C if you say, I, I'd like to consider this more. And then mark D if you say, I don't ever intend on following Jesus. I don't, I don't ever intend on giving my life to Jesus. Just, just mark D. Just be honest. Mark D. So nobody ever does that. Yeah, we've, we've had a couple people do that. You know what we do? We make it a matter of prayer, right? So just, just mark D, you see. So A, if you say, I'm already a Christian. B, I'm beginning a relationship with Christ. C, I would like to consider it more. Or D, I don't ever intend, okay? So let me pray for you one more time. And I'm going to ask Pastor Paul to come up. But I'm going to pray for especially those of you who check B. All right, check B. Because some of you did. Father, I thank you for those who, who are beginning a relationship with Christ today. Lord, I thank you for the miracle of the new birth happening on the inside of them right now. And Father, whether they just thought they were coming to a traditional Easter service, but this is the day that you rescued them. This is the day that you found them. This is the day that you entered that tomb of death that they were living in, and you brought them out. I thank you for it. And Lord, I thank you for the journey ahead, and I thank you that they grow in Christ, and they get rooted and grounded in your love. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Church, let's give all these a real big hand, all right? <laughs>